Brother Pastor John Newfelt will be speaking tonight. He is, he is the lone staff here, so he will be carrying the mantle uh, tonight. So get excited uh, for this word. Let us pray before we get into this. Father, we praise you, Lord, that you are here with us in this place. That you, the God of all creation, the God who spoke into existence the universe, you are here with us in this place right now tonight, God. And God, we ask right now that you would release revelation of your heart, God, into us right now. Lord, that you would teach us, God, that you would give a, a guided tour into your heart for us tonight, God. That we would understand and know, God, the passions and the desires and the emotions, Father, of your heart, God. In this place, awaken our hearts, that our hearts, our hearts would be united with your heart, God. That our hearts would enter into your heart, God. And swim in the ocean of your heart and your desires, God. That we'd find ourselves in that place, God. Tonight, God, awaken us, God. Awaken us, Holy Spirit. Lord, yes, God, thank you. Thank you, Father. Awaken us, Holy Spirit. Awaken us. Thank you. Across this room, every heart awake, Father. Every heart. We bless you, God. We thank you for your word. We ask, Lord, that you would speak to us, God, directly tonight, God. We love you, God. We give ourselves totally to you, God. We praise you. We ask these things all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Yeah. Yes, I am new. That is my name. Okay, uh, tonight we are going to look at a couple of passages of Scripture right away, both being in the book of Revelation. So turn, first of all, to Revelation 7. Revelation 7 and verse 9 to verse 12. I'm going to be reading from the ESV. And um, yeah, I want us to all read this together. Maybe, how about you do one verse, verse 9 together? I'll do verse 9. You all do verse 10, and we'll go back and forth that way. I think we need some participation from everyone in this. So I'll do verse 9. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands. Okay, hold on. We've got to do that again. Uh, it says, crying out with a loud voice. Ready? One, two, three. And cry. Come on. 
And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. 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 That's a picture of heaven. And now we're just going to flip directly to Revelation 19. So everyone turn there right away. Revelation 19 from verse 6. We'll do the same thing. I'll start. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. It was granted to her, granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, Bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. We'll stop there. All right, tonight we're going to spend a bit of time talking about the dream that God has inside of his heart for the church. These two passages, both of them represent the bride of Christ, the church. the beloved one of Jesus who is being purified, who is being readied, who is being sanctified for that wedding day. And when it comes down to it, I think I've spoken this here before, but this this just really gets me excited that when you look at Scripture, when you study it, you will see that all of history is moving toward one event. It's moving toward a number of things, but one event in particular. Everything that's going on, all that's happening in the church, all that's happening in the world, everything is moving toward one event that's going to happen on a glorious day. And that event is called the Wedding Feast of the Lamb. It's all moving toward a wedding. A wed- that's it. That, that's, that's the pinnacle of what's going to go on sometime, hopefully soon. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. And it's amazing that every wedding that has ever happened on earth is is a picture, is a foreshadowing, is a parable of what's going to happen on that great day. I think sometimes we get it in reverse. We think that, you know, Weddings on earth came first and God saw that and he thought, well, that's kind of cool. Why don't I write about that? And like, okay, it's going to be like these earthly weddings. That's what's going to happen on that day. And it's actually God from before time, he had this plan. And he said, I'm going to move everything toward a wedding and I'm going to institute marriage on earth to be a picture of that. So every wedding that has ever happened is just whether people could be totally you know, not worshiping God and, and be doing their own thing and not acknowledge God at all. But even by having a wedding, they're prophesying 
of the future without even wanting to. Every wedding is in some way or another a picture of that day. God is moving his church forward to that time. He will not relent until the righteousness of his church will shine forth like the dawn. He will not relent. He is moving us forward. And when, you, and when it comes to missions, missions has everything to do with that. That's why we go. We go for the bride. We are not just, you know, going out and doing these little, um, you know, isolated mission trips to bless people in different places. Everything that goes on for missions, when we send people out, is toward that end. The readying of the bride. Because someday the father is going to present his son with a bride who is pure and spotless and blameless and fully released into her identity. The father will not present his son with a bride who is anything less than that. Nothing less. It's going to be the most glorious thing, the bride. Right now we just see glimpses of it. We see pieces of it here and there. When we gather together at New Philly, we just get, we get a glimpse of that. When we gather together at like an AIM event, we get a glimpse of that, you know? But God's, he's faithful to move the church toward that. And someday, glory be to God, we will be there on that day, married to the Lamb of God. Married to the Lamb of God. It's the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. That just, that fires me up. And uh, so much that I lose what I'm going to say. But um, yeah, God is moving us toward that time. So when we go out on missions with New Philly, that is what this is all about. This is all about readying the brides, about calling the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And it's about moving the church more fully into her identity. Wherever we go, that's what we want to do. We want to set the captives free, release them from darkness, and release them into fully into their identity, fully alive, into that place of being the bride of Christ. And so what I want to do tonight is I want to reflect on some of the lessons that God taught me about the passions of his heart for the church when I went to West Papua last summer. Okay, we've got a few West Papua people who are here. Rachel's here, and Lisa is here, kind of. She's in glory right now, so she'll, she'll just receive this somehow. And um, yeah, so I'm just going to share some of the things that God was teaching to me about his heart, the passions of of his heart. When we get sent out, these are some of the things that God is showing me that he wants for his bride to establish in them when we go on missions, okay? So that's what we're going to do. The first thing, and it was, it was an amazing time. Uh, I want to thank you again for those of you who were praying last summer for missions. We had an amazing time. Uh, the team I was on, led by Lisa, went out to West Papua, and, which is in Ind- Indonesia, and we saw some incredible things. We saw like over 100 healings. Um, 
We saw a number of salvations. We saw people set free from unforgiveness. We saw a fire falling and God just releasing his heart. And it was an amazing time. But a few things I want to highlight tonight for us to show us about the God's heart for, for raising up his church in this time. The first thing was that God really, really wants to release revelation of his love to his church. He is passionate about people in the church knowing how deeply, how passionately he loves them. Ephesians 3, which the book of Ephesians is really a missionary letter that Paul is sending to this church in Ephesus. And he's praying this prayer. He says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That God wants to move all of us into that place of awakening to how great he really loves us. When we get sent out to these places, God wants those churches fully awake and fully alive in his love. And so we saw that in a number of ways in West Papua, just in ministry times, people are being ministered to deeply by the love of God. People weeping because of the love of God. People being just encouraged and blessed because of the love of God, revelation of that. But one example stands out more than the others, which really, which really blessed me deeply. Uh, an example, what happened is this woman who was actually a pastor's wife in one of the churches we were ministering at ended up sharing with some of us after one of our ministry times uh, about how she had had pain in her leg and in her back for many years. And she had, over time, she had sought prayer. She had sought direction from the Lord for receiving healing for her leg and for her back. But she wasn't healed. And over time, she became impatient with that. And as is kind of common in a place like West Papua in Indonesia, she actually went and sought healing through black magic. Healing from witch doctors in that place. And so she went and she tried to receive healing in that way. And nothing happened. She didn't receive any healing from that either. She went back from that place. And now she still had her pain in her leg and her back. But she also was weighed down heavily by the guilt of forsaking Jesus and going into these places to try to receive healing from a source other than God. And so when we met her, she was broken down physically, but she was also broken down spiritually. She was beaten up, heavy laden with guilt. And she was sharing this to a few of us after, after this ministry time. It just started to come out because the Lord was provoking it to come out. And, and so we started to pray for her. We prayed for her leg first. And over a little while, her leg healed. It got better. And she was totally filled with thanksgiving that her leg got better. And then a few minutes later, we thought we would just pray again for her back. We actually prayed for both first, but only the leg got healed. We prayed again for her back. After a few minutes of prayer, her back was totally set free from pain. 
she was totally released physically. And she was so filled with joy. She was so filled with, with relief that she just started to praise God in a loud voice, just tears streaming down her face, praising God in a loud voice, unlike anything I've ever seen from a physical healing before. And the thing was that she was grateful that God healed her body. But what God was working on a deeper level into her heart was simply that he loved her and that his love was not dependent in any way on what she'd done. She was running away from God. She had forsaken him. And he just wanted to say to her, I love you. God wants to release that. As these teams go out from New Philly this winter, God wants to release revelation of his love. He wants his bride to be fully established in that truth that he loves them. And I tell you this, the greatest measure of love that you've ever experienced on earth, the most closely you've ever felt God come to you in that way is only a fraction of the way he actually loves you. Like now we see in part, then we shall know fully, even as we are fully known. God wants to increase us more and more and more and more and more into revelation of his love for us. And he sends us out for that purpose. He wants his bride to know that he loves him. He loves her wherever we're going. That's one lesson that I learned on the field in West Papua last year, that God wants to release revelation of his love for his bride. And God wants these things so much more than we do. He just, we just enter into his desires when we go out. You know, if, if we go out with our own agenda and the own, like our own ideas of what God might want, that's not going to go very far. But when we enter into the heart of God and we move forward in that place, that's where things happen. And that's where ministry gets really, really exciting and enjoyable. And God wants to release that through these missions teams. Keep that in mind for later. Second thing of many things that God was teaching me about his heart for his bride as we go out in the mission field is that he wants to release courage into the bride. He wants to encourage the bride, fill the hearts of the bride with courage. Joshua 1.9 is a good verse for this. Who knows Joshua 1.9? Do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Right, okay. We got, uh, we're doing that for VBS as we go out in the field. All the missions people know that very well. Joshua 1, and be strong and courageous. Thank you. Uh, I'm all right, thank you. Lisa will give me my coat back later. Okay, um, being strong and courageous. Do you realize that the most repeated command in the whole Bible is to not be afraid? 
When, when I first heard that, I was, I was blown away by that. Like, the most repeated command in the Bible is not love God. It's not love people. It's not, like, do not steal. It's not, like, do not envy or, or covet. It's, like, don't be afraid. And it's always given as a command. It's never a suggestion, like, you shouldn't be afraid. So, like, just, you know, maybe you should consider that. It's, like, do not be afraid. Don't. I command it of you over and over and over again in scriptures. You see this. Do not be afraid. Fear not. Be courageous. And God wants to release his bride fully into that place of courage. Everywhere we go, we want to release the courage of God into people's lives. One example that I saw in God's heart through this in West Papua last summer was uh, through a guy named Yusuf. And Yusuf was one of our translators for the trip while we were out there. Some of you may have heard this before. Uh, this, just, this blew me away when, <laughs> when this happened. But Yusuf was, um, he was a really timid man. He was actually a Bible college student uh, in the area in West Papua. And he spoke some English. English wasn't that strong, but he was, you know, he wanted to help us. He was very timid. He was very, very kind of fearful. You saw it in him a lot. And he was still faithful to come with us to all of our ministry events and help us out wherever we needed to. Uh, but one night we had a, we had a time of prayer uh, among the team and Yusuf was there with us. And uh, he just started sharing about um, about his past and about what was going on in his life. And it turned out that he had severe heart problems because of an accident he'd had many years earlier falling out of a tree. And apparently that happens uh, kind of often in, in Indonesia. We, we came across a, a few people who fell out of trees in Indonesia. And, and so he had fallen out of a tree, serious accident. He had an irregular heartbeat and pain in his heart that he just lived with. And so we as a team decided, well, let's just pray for him. Let's release healing into this man's life. And, and as we were praying for him, he, he basically, he, he went out. He, got, he was slain. But he started shifting around on the couch where he was sitting on, just kind of unconscious. And he just kept moving around like that. And, and he was doing that for a couple minutes, and then he, he stopped. And so we just stopped praying for him. We just let him be. Uh, but he was out for a bit. About five minutes later, I, I just feel like I needed to check up on him just to make sure he's okay. And he's starting to come too. And, and I started talking with him. I'm like, Yusuf, you know, how, how are you doing? How are you feeling? You feeling all right? It was a good time of prayer. And, uh, and he just looked up like, where am I? Like he, he had the most confused, bewildered look on his face. And he, he seriously did not know where he was. And he said, I'm alive. I'm alive. And he, what apparently happened, I asked him, I probed a bit more. It turned out that when he was out, he felt like he was out for 
two to three days. In, in his mind, it's like this, this inception thing, right? He's, he's out for, for two to three days. And in this vision that he has, at the end of it, someone reaches into his chest and pulls out his heart. Okay? So he thinks he's dead. He thinks, he thinks he's done. This is like, for him, this is very real. And, and that's kind of when he comes to. But when he comes to, he says that all of the pain in his heart is gone. His heart is beating regularly. And he was just filled with the peace and the joy of the Lord. All right? And, and the amazing thing that happened beyond that is that he was a totally different person. He was not only physically healed, he was, he was totally bold. He started joining us in ministry times, just praying for people and, and, and releasing the grace of God into people's lives. And it was so encouraging to see that transformation because he had become bold and courageous because he knew that God was with him. And God had raised up a man who was fearful, who was who was very timid and taught him that God had not given the spirit of timidity, but of power of love and of a sound mind raised him out. God is passionate about giving courage to the bride. He is passionate, but he wants it wherever we go. He wants to release courage into the heart of his bride. Third thing, I think I'm going to keep it at three that I felt God speaking to us as a team as we, as we went on this, this field in terms of his heart for the bride, is that he desires his bride to rise up and take dominion and exercise authority over the works of the enemy. Everywhere we go, we want to be releasing that into people's lives because that's God's heart. He wants to raise up the bride into their identity so that they know that they are victorious in Jesus and that they are called like Jesus to destroy the works of the enemy. First John 3, 8 says that the reason that Jesus came to earth, he bottles it up in this passage. The reason that Jesus came to earth was to destroy the works of the devil in every way. He came to destroy sin. He came to destroy illness. He came to destroy poverty. All of these different works of the devil, everything that is not in heaven, Everything that does not exist in heaven, Jesus came to earth to destroy that, to demolish it, so that his kingdom would come to earth and be established in this place. That's what God wants to release through the bride as well, as dominion takers. Jesus has broken sin. It has been done away with. He has defeated it in that sense. And he's called his bride to stand, to stand as the bride in dominion, in authority over this. So while we were there in one of the meetings, as, as God was impressing this on my heart, we had a meeting where uh, there was one guy in the back of the room of this meeting. It was one of the last nights we had in Indonesia. And this guy looked pretty uninterested, not really into what was going on. And Pastor Christian was leading uh, 
a ministry time for something. I'm not exactly sure what it was. It was, it was before the message. It was a ministry time. He was calling people to the front. It might have been specifically for the fire of God, whatever it was. No one was coming. And, uh, and he started just calling people out because Pastor Christian will not be put off by people not coming up. That's the kind of man he is. He will go out and he will do it. And so he got someone to get this guy in the back that man was highlighted to Pastor Christian. He, he got someone to pull him out of his seat, bring him to the front, because God was going to minister to him. And so Pastor Christian prayed for him. He got filled with the fire and, uh, and was not even looking for it. He was just like, uh, all right, pray for me. And God nailed him. He, he hit him right there with the fire, went down. And, and so he was down for a while gets up, goes back to his seat. And then we move on to another, uh, another prayer talk. We were praying for physical healing. And so Pastor Christian asks, I made him a word, words of knowledge. I'm not sure at that point. But uh, people stand up for prayer for physical healing. This man stands up. He's, he's kind of into it now. He's got some fire. He's into it, but he's got bad headaches. So he's got the fire of God, but his head still hurts. And so... We pray for the people in the room, him included, for his healing, for healing for his head. Lots of pain in his head. Uh, and as we're praying for him, the pain is released, is gone, lifts off his head. Okay, totally healed, 100%, no pain in his head. He's feeling pretty good about that. But there are still people in the room who are not receiving physical healing. Because we feel that we're not done and God's not done releasing healing into this room, we pray again for people. This time, we get people who had received physical healing in the room to go and pray for people who had not received physical healing. Okay? So Pastor Christian pulled our team out. We're not involved. At least we're not laying on hands or anything. We're out. And, and it's just the people there. The Indonesians are praying for Indonesians in this room. And so this guy who had been hit with a fire, he had his headaches removed. He goes and prays for this guy who had had knee pain, I believe, for, for many years. I want to say 40 years. Like an older man who had a ton of knee pain for a long time. And while he's praying for that man, that man receives full healing. Totally healed, 100% healed. This is the work of God is just flowing through this room, right? And I just loved seeing that. I hadn't thought of doing that before. I'm, I'm learning about these things as I go here in West Papua. But God wanted to teach the people in that room, as the bride of Christ, that they are called to take dominion themselves. It's not about new Philly teams or other teams going to these places and setting people free and just leaving them that way. It's about instilling that, imparting that truth, that reality into them so that they go and they take dominion in their home country. And, and it just spreads that way. It's like we don't want to just give a man a fish, right? We want to teach them how to fish, if you know that saying. That's what we want to be doing. God's heart for the bride is to be raised up in these ways. To be raised up in these ways. God is so filled 
with passion for the bride of Christ across the world, everywhere. His heart is to raise up the bride and release them fully into their identity. We're just seeing a piece of this right now. Pockets of this here and there. And this is why we go out. This is why we go out to the mission field. And so my encouragement to us in this place tonight, and I know that you're committed to it already, I'm going to add further pressure, not pressure, I'm going to add further encouragement, exhortation to that commitment. Join us in prayer. Like, really go for in prayer this next week. Thank you for those of you who have already for Jen Sam being out in the field. But God's heart, enter into God's heart as you pray. Come into the realization and the actualization of, of what God really wants and pray. Because this is, this is the essence of prayer. I love this. This is, I believe, one of the IHOP speakers who came last summer just spoke it out like this. I think it was Kirk Bennett. He says, prayer is simply this. God tells you what he wants. You tell God what God wants. God does what he wants. I'm just going to say it one more time. God tells you what he wants. You tell God what he wants. God does what he wants. That, if you boil down intercessory prayer, that's what it looks like. So my prayer for us is that we'd be filled with the heart of God and that we would move forward, take hold of his willingness, his desires, his passions, because they're so much bigger than we realize. And that's where the excitement happens as we join together at New Philly. Not just three teams going out, everyone together, we are all going out. We're all doing this. And we look forward to coming back in a week or two with stories of victory, with testimony of goodness, and we all get to celebrate that. We all get to celebrate that. Let me pray for us. Mm. Father, we thank you that you are passionate for your bride, the bride that you will give over to your son on that glorious day, on that wedding day, the wedding feast of the Lamb, God. You are filled with passion for your bride. You will not relent, God. You will not relent until that bride is the praise of the nations. Until it's the praise of the nations. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray for grace right now for everyone in this room and for everyone who will be praying for our missions teams this next week for grace to enter into your heart. God, would you fill us, God? Would you fill us up with your heart and your passions and your desires, God? Overflowing, God. That intercession would come out of that place, God. That place of your passion and your desires, God. Yes, God. Your passion to release your bride fully, God, into love, God. Into awakening, Lord, of a love, God, that you have for her, God. A bride released into courage, God. 
A bride released God as an overcomer God, as one who will exercise authority over the work of the enemy. Yes, God, awaken our hearts, God. Pour out grace. Pour out more grace. Pour out more grace, Father, on all who pray, God. On all who pray, God. That we be awakened, Father, and propelled, God, into your heart in prayer. God, thank you, God. Fill us with faith. Fill us with faith as we pray, God. Yes, God. Yeah, that lightning rod would be ready. Would be ready to receive the lightning of heaven, God. As faith is rising up, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We love you, God. God, yes, God, we bless you. We praise you, God. And I bless, I bless these intercessors, God. I bless them. Thank you, Father, for them. We love you, God. We ask these things all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.